is over at six. That's a lot of games. It was good. It was a good stretch for the Illini. Did not end well against the Spartans. Illinois falls 23-15, upset by Sparty. Number 16, Illinois goes down. Here's Brett Barons, Andy Olson on the WCIA 3-in-1 podcast. We are breaking down this disappointing day for the orange and blue. And Andy, after the game, the players simply said they felt like they let this one get away. They were quick to credit Michigan State for winning the game, but also said at the same time that they felt like they beat themselves. And when you go... One for six, mm. that is tough on fourth down. One of four in the red zone, pretty easy to see why Illinois got the L. Yeah, the execution was just off versus, I think, with their own expectations of what they should be and what they have been doing all season are. And we've seen this in a couple of games so far this year that there's there's been some sloppiness. Uh, we saw it last week against Nebraska, I think, specifically that there was a little bit of sloppiness, but it didn't end up hurting them in the end because Nebraska was just so just unable to do anything with the ball that it didn't end up mattering. And then today, those mistakes came out, and they ended up mattering in this one because Michigan State wasn't going to let those kinds of things slide. And now, was Illinois still in it until the very end? Yes. And, you know, I think that's encouraging for how bad they played for portions of the day. You think about uh, their touchdown drives. It was one in the first quarter, one in the fourth quarter, and then a lot of just mistakes in between. Uh, just bad football being played, and I don't know if there's, like, specific blame that is passed around, but there's, you know, uh, just things weren't clicking today, and, you know, Michigan State was not going to let them get away with that. A team that, you know, don't bring a lot back from that Sugar Bowl win, but certainly the coaching staff, and I'm sure some of those guys experienced it. And Daniel Barker, I'm sure... Wanted to get this win back in Champaign. <laughs> this one meant a lot to him. Saw him pregame. He was all jacked up. He's got that big Daniel Barker smile. Postgame we saw on Twitter in the locker room. Had a celebratory cigar. Not lit, but had it in there in the team huddle singing the song. Illinois up 7 nothing uh, at one point early on here in this game. Midway through the first quarter. They're up 7-3 after one, Andy. And then... Michigan State scores 20 straight points before Illinois gets back on the board. Yeah. And the game was essentially, I want to say, over at that point, but it felt like it was over. Illinois did have some late juice there mm-hmm. to try and Which get down and score a touchdown. Because that, that was nowhere to be seen for most of this game. No, and it was really unbelievable to me on the field, Andy, uh, filming this game and our highlights on WCIA.com along with my postgame report. They threw the ball on third down. They have just trying to ice the clock. Michigan State, that is. Yes. And they gave Illinois a chance. Illinois able to get the two-point conversion on the second Isaiah Williams score of the day. That was early on in the fourth with 14-27 left to go in the game to make it 23-15. They fumble the ball. They, they give away another fourth down opportunity in the fourth quarter. And it seems like it's over. And it the place was essentially dead at that point yeah. and, and credit to the 56,000 plus final attendance 56092 that showed up almost to sell out pretty close to it uh, less than 5,000 away from that and then here comes Illinois after Michigan State misses a field goal uh, with about a minute left minute 06 I think it was they mm. 
Throw on third down to stop the clock. Illinois has no timeouts. Yeah. They miss a field goal. Leave them 68 seconds left after and that miss. And Illinois able to drive down the field and make it pretty interesting. 55 yards there, but just not enough time. Yeah, and to talking specifically about what happened at the, the end of the game, I thought DeVito, and for most of this game, Tommy was, was pretty good with his decision-making. I don't think that was a point of um, j- j- strife, I guess you could say, for the Illini team today. Uh, now, was it hard to pass the ball? Yes, because of the wind, and I'm sure we'll get to the weather conditions as well. But specifically on that end-of-the-game play, I th- think he was looking, if we're talking about with 11 seconds left, I think he was looking for Hightower to get that first down. Uh, but the way that it worked out, he came back across the first down, or the uh, the to-go threshold, ended up fumbling the ball. Now, he did fall back on top of that. If... They were to say, I believe that, you know, forward progress was stopped or something, but they didn't end up calling that. They they ended up calling that he, on his own, came back. And also on the TV broadcast, you probably don't know this, Brett, they had a flag for some reason up on the scoreboard. So for the entire time, I'm sure the viewing audience at home was like, what's the flag? Is the, is the flag going to extend the game? And then the official made no, no remarks about a flag. Yeah, I didn't see so, a flag on the field. So I think that was just a broadcast thing. Yeah. But to give you the sense, everyone at home probably thought there was one more play. I thought there was one more play left. So I'm like, oh, let's see what the flag was. Well, in the ar- Brett Bielema was out there with his hands in the air arguing that he did get the first down, so then the yeah. clock should stop the game. Yeah. They'll have one untimed down is, I think, what he was trying to hope for there to at least get in the end zone or at yeah. least make a play to. And the refs came back on the mic. I don't know what it was on TV and just said because he essentially fumbled – and was behind the line that the game was over, and, and yep. then that was it, mm-hmm. which was, you know, in my story, I just said it kind of summed up what the day was for Illinois. Mm-hmm. You just can't take advantage of the opportunities, and you feel like things finally caught up to them, yeah. just like they did in the Indiana game for the Illini. Once again today, Illinois not able to get past those things like they did against Iowa, you know, or mm-hmm. they were able to capitalize against Wisconsin, Minnesota, what have you. Illinois now 0-2 against Big Ten East teams, 4-0 against the West. Uh, you know. They're still alive. They control their own destiny to get to Indianapolis. But instead of being able to clinch uh, against Purdue next Saturday, now they just need to win two out of their last three, whether mm-hmm. that's Purdue, Michigan, or Northwestern. And if you beat Purdue, you're going to feel really, really good because you've still got Northwestern on the schedule. Yeah. But Purdue also has the Wildcats on their schedule, and they have Indiana. So we'll see how that plays out. But uh, they did make it a little bit tougher to get to Indy. Still, t- statistically, not out of the equation for that. The one I thing, s- still think they're probably favorites. I'd imagine. I would say so. Yes, we'll see how they respond. The yeah. one thing they did punt themselves out of, though, is college football playoff. That's gone yeah. now. As we saw today across the college landscape, a lot of a lot teams, of teams. Yeah. are now not in the college football playoff. Uh, one of those being Alabama, which mm-hmm. hey, new blood in there. That's going to be fun to see. Illinois and Alabama got their second loss in the same week. Crazy, right? What if I told you that at yeah. the beginning of the season? What if I told you ESPN, yeah. Yeah. right? Uh, pretty crazy, and and yet, you know, Illinois still comes away with this 7-2, and two, and you don't yeah. feel necessarily all that bad. I mean, the six-game winning streak was fantastic for Illini Nation and for this program and team to build that momentum, and, and yet, you know, you're not going to win every single game. There's going to be games like this that you are going to lose, that things aren't going to add up, and, and all those things certainly did today. Untimely penalties. Uh, the red zone issues just continue to haunt this team. 
And, and it has in the past, but they've been able to control things in the past, and they weren't able to control that today, which I think was really tough for them to overcome because when you don't score touchdowns in the red zone, it just puts so much stress on your defense. And it's not that the Illinois defense was all that bad. Okay, they no. gave up 23 points. That ties a season high with Indiana. So the same amount of points they gave up to Indiana to lose, they lost at home today to Michigan State. I don't think in college football, Andy, if you're going to say, okay, you're going to give up 23 points, that's necessarily terrible. But when you're used to giving up 8.8 .8 points per game to lead the country, then 23 seems like a lot. Yeah, and, you know, there. this was one of – the more competent offenses that I think Illinois has played so far. Like, I think maybe the other one was probably Minnesota, and even, like, Tanner Morgan had, like, the worst game of his yeah. career in that game. So this and was bounced from the game. Exactly. So this is what Illinois' offense looks like against real competition. You know, you you don't have yeah. you don't have the Chattanooga, you don't have the Wyoming, you don't have. The they Virginia. had to play a full game instead yeah. of just being complimentary mm -hmm. and, and running in the second half and controlling the clock and tempo. And that hasn't they haven't had to do that all year. Which and Illinois' defense is still elite. It's still really good. It's still one of the best in the country. But I think this is is a good come back to earth moment for maybe the team, maybe for people who are watching this team, of you know. We're probably not watching the best college football team to ever <laughs> grace the grass in America. Like, you know, this team has made so many important improvements no doubt. And, and is so, so good and is exceeding so many expectations that people had put on them coming into the year, including myself, including everyone in the media, I yes. think, um, that these games just happen sometimes, right? Even Even good teams have these games where they you lose to, I don't want to say a lesser opponent, I think Michigan State... Um, is all right, you know. Now with this win, they could go bowling. I, I think yeah. it, it's oh, a I possibility. So. I don't think Michigan State's a quote unquote bad team. No, and even with eight players lost and how many injuries, you know, double digit injury timeouts we had, and Brett Bielema made some comments about that after the game that he sure thought did. they were, uh, you know, I don't want to say faking it, but essentially what he implied. He, he implied that, and you know, that's one way to put it. He and went a lot out there and, and said it. Now a lot of coaches have said that. NFL, college football, but usually it's in the off season. You know, you, you get past the game and you're like, hey, we should come up with something so that this doesn't happen. It's not usually immediately after the game in which it happens. Uh, all right. Hey, if he wants to say it, that's fine. Uh, good for him. He's not wrong in that sense, I don't think. Uh, you just usually don't hear high-level coaches say that, but that's yeah. okay. It's neither here nor there. Uh, you know, the issues are still there. Whether or not they were faking injuries or whatever, you know, trying to disrupt Illinois' tempo. Like, that's not the reason Illinois lost the game. Illinois lost the game because it committed turnovers. It Too many mistakes. terrible on mm -hmm. fourth down, and the red zone is not efficient enough. And 40 out of the 60 red zone touches what we looked at, was it 40 or 50? It was 16 out of the 40 red zone touches on the season yeah. have resulted in touchdowns. That's not great. That's 30 less... out of 40 scores, we should say, first. Yeah. So 30 out of 40 times Illinois scored in the red zone, which even then is not like... Not ideal. Ex that... You know, exemplary. But only 16 out of 40 touchdowns, that is not great. No. that I mean, anything less than... Anything less than 50 is abysmal. Anything less than yeah. like 75, 60 like is bad. Mark is pretty good. 80 is like, that's okay. really good, I think. 80% is really good. Not not for touchdowns. I'm oh, just for talking scoring. like just overall scoring. Yeah. You know, if, if you're Could, 
you know, turnovers happen. Like what what happened with Illinois today is that they went for it a couple times and you, you didn't get it. Um, but forty percent—that's where they're at now with touchdowns yeah. in the red zone. Like that's not going to get it done. No. And the only reason they're winning doing that is because of the defense. And you know, and this has been something that we have all you know thought and talked about. I think Barry had been asked a couple questions about it yeah. well, uh, it's this been past a topic Monday for weeks. Absolutely. But now it is really coming to yeah. the spotlight, you know, after the performance today in the one of four in the red zone. Um, it, it was a touchdown. So, so was it? You yeah, there's that. There's that. that. It wasn't a field goal. Um, no field goals today. But the three times in which you did not score certainly are, are really hard to swallow in today's game. Illinois 75% overall in the red zone. I don't feel like that's great. I feel like probably average we could look up that number see where it's at in the big the percentage 10, but. is tough but if you think about the 10 times you're not scoring when you get into the red zone yeah. over they've played nine games now so more than one time a game you're getting into the red zone and not scoring is not great yeah and the fumbles too are the fourth down conversions two yeah. of those fourth downs that they did not convert one of six on fourth down were in the red zone yeah that is even tougher and that plays into the win today which was howling uh my hair was a mess, which mine, is really what it's all about, right? Mine I mean, was too. Uh, TV people, it's all about I hair. Well, I, trust me, I was really worried about it out at the <laughs> high school games. If you saw me at a high school game today, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was on the pregame show like yeah. trying to adjust my hair because it was swirling wind at Memorial Stadium. Hopefully, if you were tailgating, you didn't have a tent out there. Hugh Robertson, not a great day. No. Three punts, 63 yards, average of 21. Had a six-yard punt that went off... Uh, one of his own players, not great. That set up a score, and in my package or on my story uh, that's online right now, two both second half scores for Michigan State were in plus territory. Essentially, they yeah. started at the plus fifty yard line where they're already in Illinois territory. It's like you're setting them up, and that punt that went six yards was downwind. Yeah, like you're expecting to completely flip the field there, which Michigan State did. Yeah, Beringer, their, Beringer, their punter. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a punt inside the one, like four inside the twenty, and I'm gonna—I don't know this for sure, but I'm gonna guess all four of those are with the wind. Like he mm-hmm. did a fantastic job of pinning Illinois deep and making them go a, a long distance, and, and just really tough special teams. Yeah, winning the field position battle is like is so important in in a game like today with with the weather conditions. Uh, was it a, a consistent thirty mile per hour? I think is what everyone had had come to earlier today i thought uh, it was more than that i'm sure i'm sure at points it had gotten a lot windier than that because i think the high today at savoy or at a willard airport was 68 was the (sighs) highest they got but like but it was it was always 30 mile per hour winds which is just tough conditions to play in and michigan state took advantage of that uh like you said with the difference in, in the field position um as much as people in college football twitter say it as a joke punt to win yeah, it was the case no, today. Punt, I think punt so. to win, and just being on the field, all the test. It was tough to stand up sometimes. Like yeah. you, you were blowing around, just trying to shoot the game was really difficult to keep the camera steady. Yeah. Um, felt like I did a decent job in that, but you're just like some of those shots were like the gusts come, and yeah. we're trying to shoot with the. And our camera's not very big, unfortunately, so it's not very. It gets steady. blown around. Uh, you know, like some of those shots I was hoping they didn't score on, you know, <laughs> like that would go on the highlight because it was like all over the place steady. That's yeah. neither here nor there as so we would go down a rabbit hole. Uh, but I thought Michigan State played the wind a whole lot better than Illinois. And those are reasons that 
can lead to a win. It's not certainly the only reason. Both teams are competing in the wind. Like, yeah. I, I, you know, it's not like one had it better than the other. Now, Illinois had it in the first and third quarter, I believe. Yeah, which was an interesting decision. It was an interesting decision when I heard that on the radio yeah. after the coin flip. I'm not, I don't know what the strategy is there. Um, Just to get out early, which they did. They were able to yeah. score early. Yeah, and to me, you know, in my days coaching in NCAA football, um, <laughs> you always want the wind in the second and the fourth so that if it comes down to like a last second field goal, you got the wind at your well, back. And it did come down. Now, Illinois had to get the touchdown anyway, yes. but mm-hmm. on that fourth quarter drive, they were going into, into the, the wind. wind. Yeah. Uh, and, and it did die down a little bit. I would say at kickoff, it was howling. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the time the game ended, it was not quite as bad. The but sun, I think the sun coming out helped with that a little bit. But it's, still, it was very windy. And yeah. so, uh, you know, I, it didn't end up mattering. Like, we, you know, we had these visions coming into the game, Andy, that like there wasn't going to be that much throwing and whatever else. Peyton Thorne, 182 well, for two touchdowns. DeVito put up 288. Yeah. I mean, you know. I, I think you watched the uh, Ohio State-Northwestern game from the early window, and you're crazy. like, oh, boy. Right? What are we going to see in this game? Wasn't good, and that—that's more of what I expected. Exactly. Illinois comes out and has to play a four-quarter game and, and keep the playbook open the whole time, which is what they did. And Devito hasn't thrown for that many yards in a long time uh, this season, and so uh, probably Chattanooga game. Trying to go back and think of of where he actually put up a lot of yards. Yeah. Uh, but you know, that's what I think he showed that he could do on the two touchdowns, both to Williams. He did get sacked three times, which. Um, that was tough, too, protection-wise. Chase Brown continues his streak, another 100-plus-yard game. He goes 33 carries for 136 yards, uh, averaging 4.1 yards per carry. I did think Reggie Love provided a little bit of a spark. Man, he is tough to bring down. Yeah, he averaged his almost mo- five yards a carry. His motor just goes. Uh, and we saw several runs from him today where, he, much like Chase doesn't go down on first contact, Reggie just keeps trucking, man. Yeah. Uh, only three carries for Josh McCray, which is the most since he's had since the season opener when he got hurt against Wyoming. He only had one carry last week, so a little bit more uptick there, but still not a lot for McCray. Yeah, and I, you know, there's I don't think there's a point in redshirting him this year. You know, I, I think yeah, it's it's such a tough situation that they're in where. You'd love to save him for another year, but yeah. you really would love to have him back at full strength. And, and it's he's just not at a point right now where he can. And I'm not saying that there was any setbacks, I think, but it's taken them a little bit longer. Like you, you have this range of how long an injury can take to recover from, and it's been a little bit on the on the slower end of that range for McCray to get back to full strength. In an era of the transfer portal, I just think red shirts are so tough. Yeah. Especially at skill positions where guys just bounce around. Yeah, you're still going to have red shirts and your linemen and, you know, mm-hmm. some in other injury issues. But, like, from a coach, I get it. That standpoint, are you saving a year for that guy to go somewhere else? And yeah. I'm not saying McCray's going to, but, like, that's just really, really tough from that end. And, and they definitely need him in these games, but they, they need more than, than three carries from him. Uh, unfortunately, but I want to know what you thought about the, just the trench gameplay. Like it seemed like Illinois was getting bullied on both sides of the ball. A little bit more defensive line. I feel like was still pretty good uh, Mm -hmm. overall. And and Johnny Newton just continues to be a, be a pain. Big 10 defensive player of the year. Uh, I don't know if he's quite that good, but he's like 
Is he the MVP on the Illinois defense? Absolutely, 100%. Like, I, I think so, and, and he's punching his ticket to the NFL next year. Uh, you know, what are the quarterback hurries? Do they, they give that stat here? He only sacked Thorne once, Yeah, and I, I didn't feel like that was necessarily like a great number for where this team has been. Eight tackles for loss, though. Like You feel mm-hmm. pretty good about that. Um, and one QB hurry. So. And, and they were able to um, stop the run mostly, you know, 112 yards as a team for Michigan State. So even if they weren't getting to the quarterback yeah. on, on it, you know, I'm, you know, not up to date with every Michigan State offensive lineman. Uh, they just could be a better pass blocking team. Yeah. And Jaden Reed is a stud. Yeah. I mean, that's what I come away with this game uh, in, in scoring the touchdown. And that certainly makes it easier on the QB, too. No, even, doubt. Even, no matter how much pressure they're he getting. He knew he had his go to guy. Yeah. Right. So as good as they were last week at Nebraska, holding Trey Palmer to one catch and one yard, you know, I, th- I thought Jaden Reed had a, a pretty good game in that sense. Five catches for 68 yards in the touchdown. Had nine targets. That's what I was going to bring up, though, which is still, you know, they went after him and still holding him to, to just over 50% completion rate sure. when targeting him is not bad. But you, they they made him work for it. Yes. I, I will say that. But, you know, if, if you're talking Devin Witherspoon overall, um, and, he, and he was on Jaden most of the game. Yeah. Did it um, seem like they were targeting that, that inexperienced corner spot? Because I know... McCantos came in for a little bit when yeah. Taz Nicholson came out. And then Terrell Jennings yeah. uh, was in and got out. And he, I think he left the game as well. Um, so it seemed like they were just going after that spot. Yeah, and almost. I think that's fair, too. Uh, Witherspoon with a tackle Str- for loss and five five tackles. And Strain um, had gotten in there as well to replace Nicholson and um, and Jennings. So yeah, when you, when Quan you- Martin went out for a little bit, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were some definite injuries in the secondary and... Uh, you know, they, they attacked it. I thought that was a nice effort for Michigan State to go after that and recognize that, uh, you know, that, that Illinois was definitely playing some more inexperienced guys there uh, in the secondary. All right, overall, Andy, how are you feeling here? 7-2, and 4-2, and two. still in first place in the Big Ten yeah. after uh, Iowa beats Purdue. Purdue loses at home, yeah. by the way. And then the Boilermakers set to come in here next weekend, 11 a.m. kick on ESPN2 against Illinois and I think Illinois is fine yeah. I mean I really do how th- how they respond this week I think is important but I I do feel like they will respond well and uh I- I'm not always convinced that a loss is a bad so, yeah, I was just going to bring up sometimes you need a kick in the ass I mean I'm not saying that Illinois like obviously they didn't want to lose no like, from the coaching standpoint you know like if you're going to lose it's to an east team They've mm-hmm. now lost to two East teams. They're still in control of their own destiny. I don't think Michigan State's bad. I don't know that they're necessarily good. But no, they're average. I don't know that they're bad. Like yeah. they're, they're way better than Indiana, I feel like. Yes. Uh, more talent, for sure. They, they're by far more talented than Indiana was. Yes. Like, I, Okay, Illinois fans, I get it. You want to feel bad about the Indiana loss. And justifiably about that, that's a game that you should have won. Um, even a home loss to Michigan State, I say, okay, well— Michigan State historically a whole lot better program than Illinois, more talented across the board. Even with their guys suspended, um, it's still a tough loss for the Illini. But I don't necessarily like leave here tonight going like, oh my god, Illinois is in trouble. No, it's the same thing. Now when we were leaving Indiana, you know, Robert and I were doing the Sunday no huddle on the field, and it was like, oh man, that was a that was a bad loss. Like yeah, you said. and you could but, forecast that at that time because we thought we knew what Illinois was, but we didn't know like exactly. Illinois was seven and two good. Exactly. And 
this is so much different than then because of like what you said, the, the difference of what we know that they are now. Um, did they take that Indiana loss and maybe help maybe spur them on a little bit? Could be probably, are they going to do the same thing with this Michigan state game? I would sure bet on it. Cause like, cause like you said, you know, the coaches don't want to lose, but my my favorite like internet joke about Alabama is that every time that, that's, that every time that the tide lose, Nick Saban like s- somewhere inside like actually feels good about it because yeah. he, he can make his guys run sprints then. Except that for week. tonight when they get bounced from the playoffs. Yeah. That's that's not <laughs> it. He wants one loss a year. He wants yeah. the one. He wants the one loss, and he can be like, ah, see, we're beatable. We're we're, we're beatable guys. Yeah, run, I think he likes run that sprints. <laughs> and here's the thing too that I think is true, and we've said this with basketball, Andy. Illinois in this position is just better as an underdog. And I, and I think that's Could okay. Be. Yeah. You know, um, is the West overall that good? No. No, it's not. <laughs> but it doesn't matter because these are special moments for Illinois. Illinois yeah. does not do this. Illinois does not win this many games, uh, you know, to have seven wins before November. Like, yeah. You know, those types of things just haven't happened at Illinois historically. And so it, um, does it, this it, still change what you think with three games left now? Purdue, Michigan, and Northwestern. We said, I think last week, nine was kind of like the bar. You yeah. still feeling good about that? Yeah, I think I still think that that's probably where it's going to end up. Because as this season has gone along, it's nine has seemed kind of like the, not the max, because you could have theoretically seen 10 and wins. Well, maybe if they win a bowl game, it's 10. Sure. Exa- I'm talking about regular season. Yeah, sure. Like, I I could certainly see a scenario where they beat Michigan State and only lose to Michigan. But I thought, realistically, it was going to be nine wins. Now, whether that was a loss to Purdue, to Michigan State, to pair with the Michigan game, um, I thought it was going to be nine. And so that is still the way that I think. I think that Illinois is going to have a really good shot to beat Purdue next week, and I think they should beat Purdue. Next week, yeah, they're, they're going to be favored. They're going to be favored by early line is what? I, I was just going to ask you that. I'm going to say um, six and a half. I was thinking six. Okay, wow, we're on. We're just there. You we're go. Just synchro- uh, yeah, I'll synchronized say six right and here. a half. That Illinois is favored. We're synchronized right now, and I, just, and I think that would be about right. I think that would make a line nation feel good, and also yeah. make them. A little hesitant after watching this Michigan State game to say, well, okay, well. There was a 17-and-a-half point yeah, favorite. That, that was a was, lot of points. That was just stinky to begin with. Yeah. Even with the suspensions, like, man, that's that's a lot of points. So we'll see. So I'm going to say six-and-a-half. I think that's mm-hmm. pretty good. And uh, you asked me earlier about the rankings. I think Illinois still stays in the top 25. I'm going to put them at, like, 23, though. I'd say so. Like, right at the edge. Yeah. So I, I think they were high enough. I think they had finally gotten into – at least in the AP poll, had finally gotten into everyone's ballots. There was one or two, like for the past few weeks, that had not put him in for whatever reason. But, um, and I think they had gotten high enough. I think the highest they were ranked in someone's ballot was 11. So, like, they've climbed high enough that I think they're not going to get dropped by a lot of people for this second loss. Yeah, and beat Purdue, and you'll be back in the top 20, and you'll know Absolutely. it'll be a top 20 matchup against Michigan. So, yeah. you know, we'll see where that goes out. It'll, it'll play out itself. And, it was Illinois going to make the playoff anyway? They still have a chance to make the twelve and one with a loss to Indiana. They're not making the playoff. No, they would. They would have, but <laughs> let's be real, they weren't doing that anyway. So uh, we'll see how it plays out here the rest of the year. Three games left. Pretty crazy. Basketball starting Monday. Let's yeah. ride. Yeah, here we go. Got a lot to have. Fun lot month. to do. 
ahead. Whole lot more coming both uh, on air, online, and in the WCIA 3-in-1 pod. For Andy Olson, I'm Brett Behrens. Thanks so much for listening. We will catch you Monday. Pretty quick turn here. Oh, yeah. Illinois hosts Eastern Illinois. We've got our first chance in basketball to see them exhibition-wise. We will see how they face up against the Panthers Monday at for Andy, I'm Brett. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time here on the WCI 3-in-1 pod. Thank <laughs> you.